Welcome to the 360 Serve podcast. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. We're about ready to hear some amazing stories about several church planners that you are supporting in Uganda. Get ready. 360 Serve is all about a new way to do missions. This new way of doing missions is about supporting indigenous church planners who are living in their country. They know their culture and language. They're very effective in reaching their own country for Christ. So what is an indigenous church planner? What are they like? Oftentimes when I bring other pastors from the United States to these countries and they meet these indigenous church planners for the first time, they are absolutely blown away by their level of commitment and sacrifice. Church planners, they're like the Marines. I mean like highly trained first responders. They go into completely unreached areas where few would ever even travel. They go where there is no church. They go to bring the gospel to people who often have never even heard the name of Jesus. They're often persecuted, but even when they're persecuted, they have so much joy. Get ready for an eye-opening episode. This episode, it's going to give you a glimpse into the heart of 360 Serve and why we do what we do. Today, Pastor Daniel from Uganda will share with us stories about the radical commitment and courage it takes to be a church planner. Well, here we are back with uh, Pastor Daniel from Uganda, and I can't wait for this segment because, Pastor Daniel, we get to have you share about those that you love so much and those that we love so much, and that's the church planners that serve the Lord and the movement of God in Uganda, that the Lord has raised you up to be the movement leader. And so, Daniel, please share with us about, you know, there are many of of us who are listening right now who support some of those church planners in Uganda at that $50 per month. And uh, so we want to just hear a little bit about what it's like to be a church planner in Uganda. Yeah, thanks, Pastor Mark. Thanks so much. Uh, Being a church planter in Uganda, I will tell you that uh, it is something that's not easy. It is a blessing from God, foremost. It is a blessing from God because we serve the Lord through church planting by winning souls for Christ and bringing souls into the kingdom of God. This is something that God has actually given unto us, like people us in Uganda as church planters. But at the end of the day, even as we do it, we do it not even expecting anything like in terms of monetary support or in terms of, yeah, you know, any other support. But we have always been doing it as working together with God to be able to in Uganda is something that not everybody would like. Very many people will run away out of it because many have also run away out of church planting movement. It is a job, kind of job, that seems to be not of high respect because it has no salary, it has no paycheck. It is a job that we do voluntarily but it requires a lot to be able to be called a church planter. A church planter in Uganda, one, will 
most of the times have children missing their school because the money, less money that they would get, this money can always be used instead of using it, this money on their children, they use it to help other people in the community or in the church because everybody is in need. A church planter is somebody who's going to be able to walk miles and miles to be able to go and make a crusade or a conference without a car, without a bicycle, without a motorcycle, but by just carrying drums from one place to another, walking miles and miles, sleeping on the way to go to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus. It is not something so easy. It is not something that's very comfortable. Many women will tell you that if you ask them if they would want to be wives to the church planters, nobody will tell you that she would want to be because church planters are always not like, uh, are always very poor. But they commit most of their time into ministry. So they walk, they give everything away on behalf of the church and on behalf of the kingdom of God. So these are the people that you will find with no shoes, with no enough clothes. Their children are not in school. They have no food at home. Most of them are renting houses that they don't even have money to pay for their own houses. Not very few of them will be driving. Not, they cannot even afford it to buy a motorcycle. They cannot even afford it to buy a bicycle. But they, they, they have always, these are the people who will always invest all their time in ministry. Because most of the pastors, the church planters in Uganda, they are full-time. We don't have church planters mostly who are partial, but we are all full-time. Whereby if you come in ministry, you come in ministry with everything. This is your life, your family, your everything. And you don't find them having another job aside to help them. Very few will have some jobs but the majority of them will have no other job apart from, them, uh, apart from preaching the gospel. So, on top of that, even as they walk, even as they move from place to place, they are always not liked. They are always not loved. Because we go to places whereby we already find some other different religions, like the Muslims. So when you come to the Muslim community, they will not allow you to plant a church in their own communities. In some communities, you'll find out that those communities are for Muslims and you'll have to seek permission to be able to start up a church. And this is sometimes very hard. So you will find out that some of the church planters even go to prison. For example, Pastor Abi, one time as he was planting that church, the one we met in the 90s and we went to his place to plant this church. And then planting this church in this region, it wasn't something that was very easy. So first we had what we call overnight prayers. So police came in the night 
and dispersed the congregation because they said that the church was shouting in the night and they were, you know, this praying and disrupting people who were asleep. We were on top of the mountain. So what happened is that police came and stopped the meeting from going on. And then after stopping the meeting, they came and shoot into the air and all other people ran away. But Pastor Abby, who was the senior pastor by that time, did not run away. So what police did, they came and he was arrested. So he was taken, they took him to a, to a police station almost 30 miles away from where the church was. And they went, then after some days they released him. And then he had to come back on foot 30 miles to be able to come from prison, to be able to come from police, to come back to the church. But guess what happened? That after he came back 30 miles away from the prison, back to the church, that same night, he still had an overnight service. He called the people and he told them, we are not going to stop the church because no one can stand in the gap of the Lord. This is what God called us to do. We are ready to die. We are ready to move on. Whatever it will cost us, the gospel must be preached. So the reason why this happened was because the 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 uh, uh, here we call them the OC. The OC of this police station officer in charge was a Muslim, and he never wanted the church to be established. And because this church was also planted in the community where Muslims are, they never wanted the church to be established. So it had it requested for courage, while all other leaders had run away. But Pastor Abi a great church planter said, I'm not going to run away. I can be muttered because of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And he never ran away. Another time, within that same community, there was a crusade that was organized. And we, we just organized this crusade in the midst of the Islamic community, whereby uh, there is another pastor who was once a Muslim and he converted and he became a Christian. So he was invited to come and speak. So when he spoke, the Muslims all within the community had to come up against this crusade. So they had to bring in police and police had to shoot and people died within this time. So all the speakers, the amplifiers, the, the, the cars were... Uh, uh, were damaged because they never wanted the gospel to be spread. But that did not stop us from preaching the gospel. We still had to move on. And the church was established in that same community. And it was reported on the news that this is what happened between the Christians and the Muslims. So there have been a lot of persecution even in church planting. But you know, even when persecution come, we as church planters, we know that as the devil raises the dust, then the Lord raises the standard. So this has helped church planters to be able to be more courage because we know 
at the end of the day that planting a church is not something very easy. It is not something like a silver plate where you find everything ready. It is a war. We are just going into a war, not fighting against flesh and blood, but the principalities in those regions, the rulers of the world in those regions. So whenever we go, we already know that they, they are always some fights and demons are fighting because they are fighting to be able to take the, the people of God into the kingdom of the devil while God claims back those children into the kingdom of God. So we know uh, that anytime that we talk about church planting, there is always persecution. Either they will stop us, either police will come in, either the local councils will come in, or even the community itself, the people can sometimes rise up against the church and say that we don't want this church in this place. I have never seen a church planted in any community in Uganda, in Kenya, or in Tanzania where the church has not been against. Everywhere where we have been planting churches, they have always been persecution, that the church will not stand. The church will not be in this community. But we thank God that as much as they, they, they struggle and they, 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 they plan to stop the church, the church has always been prevailing. Wow. Hallelujah. I uh, visited uh, Pastor Abby, and we saw that work of God in the midst of that Muslim community. And uh, they were renting a church at that point. Uh, well, at least their facility was being rented. So what happened after that? Because tell that story, Daniel, and where Pastor Abby is today. Yeah, thanks, Pastor Mark. By the time that you came and visited Pastor Abby, uh, the church was under rent by that time. And it was a struggle, of course, to be able to support that church. We were actually supporting him financially to be able to get that rent uh, for that building for many years. But we just want to thank God uh, that as we are raising money, as we are struggling and, and saving and trying to get the bank loan so that we buy a piece of land, uh, that you came in and you gave the balance of what was needed for the land to be bought. And it wasn't only that, but it was also extended. And that was the greatest joy ever in that community, whereby the church was able to get a piece of land. And then after you left with everything paid off and church being started, then what happened was to now get away from the rented facility to be able to come to this other land that was bought. So the first day was a great day where Muslims in that same community, including leaders, were invited to come and be part of the launch. You'll never believe this, that even people who came against Pastor Abi many years ago, who were Muslims, who were fighting against the church, where people who came to be able to celebrate what the Lord had done for the church in that community. And whoever spoke against the church, saying that the church will never be in our community, where some of the people who came and we are testifying 
that we are some of the people who fought against this church, but we thank God that this church is here. So the church moved from that place, uh, from the rented facility, and now we were able to help to establish a temporary structure. But because it's like an urban church, so what is being done right now is to be able to pray so that the church is able to have uh, the permanent structure within that area because it's an, it's in an urban place whereby uh, the government and the leaders who are mostly Muslims can anytime come and fight against it because it's more into a temporary structure. So, but the church is moving on. Muslims are coming to the Lord. Wives of the Muslims come for counseling indirectly and they call Pastor Abe to be able to pray for them and the church is transforming this community. Muslim people are turning to the Lord in this community. And the Lord is moving as never before in Chazanga. This is the place which has more of the Muslim, I think, in one of the most, uh, in most of the parts uh, in our country, Chazanga community is known for being the highest uh, uh, of being a town or a city that has the, the the Muslims that are radical. Whenever you talk about Chazanga, they will tell you that Muslims in Chazanga are so radical that they can kill, they can slaughter, they can do anything to anybody at any time. But we thank God that the church is built, is established in the midst of that city where 95% of them are Muslims and God is saving them. Praise the Lord. Yeah, uh, one of the things that we have the privilege of helping you with, Pastor Daniel, is uh, there are certain ones that just have a heart to literally give toward the building of physical churches uh, in Uganda. And there's been several churches that we've been able to help build. I know Pastor Abby's church is still under construction. You can go to our website. You can learn about how you can support those type of buildings. And uh, so let's continue to talk a little bit more about some of the challenges that the church planners face. A lot of your church planners, and this is what resonates, this is what 360 Serve is about, is going to the least reached, going to those areas that most would never go to. This is what God has called me to do as well in our support. Uh, this is what our ministry does. And uh, so talk about someone like uh, Pastor Bosco and where literally he is and the challenges in trying to start a ministry, maybe not in a Muslim community, uh, which you do, but in areas that are just so far beyond civilization, what that's like. Yeah, thanks, Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark, I just want to let everybody know uh, that 360 Serve has given a very, very great support for our pastors, for the church planters in our country. A church planter in our country is somebody that, uh, as I said, will never be paid. But foremost, I just want to thank God for 360 South that 59 pastors are able to get $50 a month. My goodness, this is something that every pastor is sharing about. 
from the time that this support started to be on the accounts, every other pastor is now encouraged to serve the Lord. They are respected because of $50 a month. Because they had served God for years, 25 years, 30 years in ministry, and nobody had ever come out to be able to, to give them this kind of support. So this has been a very, very great blessing to the church, to the community, and also to the family at large. Then when we talk about pastors like Pastor John Bosco, Pastor John Bosco is someone who was in our church, and then we sent him out. But when I sent him out to go and establish the church, he went to this farthest place. Actually, I sent him to a place, it was like, it was initially going to be like four hours drive away from the mother church. But I had told him to go into a place that was a little closer where we would just come and visit him and encourage him and support him in a way that was accessible. But John Bosco went to a place that is farther away and asked me, Pastor, how he went there. He had a basco and he rode a basco for three days and three nights, sleeping on the way for three days and three nights, getting into this place where he, were, where he went. And Bosco started a church under a tree in a place where he had never been, in a community where he did not know anybody in that community, in a place where nobody knew him, speaking a very different language, Bosco went there with the two of his clothes and his bicycle, leaving his wife for months back at home and children. Praise God that we are able to support the wife and the children when Bosco went into this field, into, into this church planting mission. So when Bosco went in there, we also felt like Bosco went to the farthest place. Pastor Mark, we had to drive to go to see Bosco one time. Guess what? When we went, it had rained. Bridges had already been taken away by the floods. We had to stay and sleep on the way as we went. The car could not even get there. But to Bosco, it was something like he was always telling us that it's very close over there. But somebody telling you that it's very close over there, he's talking about like 25 miles away. But when you ask him, how far are we, Bosco? He will tell you, it's not very far from here. It is just after that mountain. But he's telling you of a mountain that after that mountain, but that is like 15 miles away. And Bosco told us, how he walks to come and be able to do some shopping from that father away church to be able to come in a small town to be able to purchase some food for his home. This man of God, as we said, that even, even when he went there, he did not take anything as the Bible it talks about it. He only had faith. But when he went to that community, we have seen what the Lord has done through his life. People are giving their lives to the Lord. 
the church that has just been established by the support of 360 South, the church has been well built now. We are going to be visiting him uh, very soon, hopefully next week, because the private cars have been allowed to move now, two of us. We are going to take his motorcycle at this time now, but the whole community is coming up together, not even uh, remembering. They cannot even remember about uh, physical distancing, about COVID-19. But he has told me that so many people are going to be coming to celebrate about this motorcycle. We cannot even wait to go and see this celebration. We are just waiting to see what the Lord is going to be doing. But as I was talking with Bosco about this, and I told his wife about the motorcycle, the wife cried and screamed. And he said, praise the name of the Lord. Who knew that one time, one day, that my husband would have a motorcycle in this community where he has been moving and walking tens and tens of miles away. And she cried and she cried and she cried. And Bosco started crying also, thanking God that surely the Lord is so merciful, that the Lord has remembered them, and that the Lord is so merciful that he has even seen those people who were like in Lodiba, in a place that was rejected, abandoned, and even not on the map of the country of Uganda. But God was able to pick him up and told him that a motorcycle is coming and it's on the way to help you to be able to do the service of the Lord by using it. It is a great miracle that the Lord has performed through these two things. Building of the church has only transformed the community upside down. Secondly, Bosco having a motorcycle, this is like the heaven kissing the earth in that, in that community. I cannot wait to see what the Lord is going to be doing in that community by the grace of God. It's been great. <laughs> I, I just picture John Bosco because his smile and all of the smiles and the joy of Ugandan pastors is just absolutely so beautiful. And it's uh, so evident, their joy for Jesus, their love for the work. Um, it's I, I'm just trying to think how people are uh, responding to this in their hearts as they're hearing these stories. One of the uh, values that guides us as a ministry 360 service, we travel the world and we look for church planning movements. We look for guys like you, Pastor Daniel, who have no support, who've never received support. And then we make sure that they're planning churches and they're a ministry led by a godly man like you. And we don't tell uh, church planners how to plant churches. We just make sure that they're planting churches because the Lord has raised you up. Jesus is building his church. And uh, then we just support the work of the Lord and it's like pouring gasoline on a fire, and it just erupts into just a greater, <laughs> exciting movement of God. And that's true. You you had never received support prior to us coming. Is that right? That's very, very right. That's very, very right. For the all the years that I've been in ministry, there is no one who has ever come out to say that, Pastor Daniel, because of the church planting movement that you are leading the country. This is the check for you and your family to be able to 
do the work of the ministry well. Oh, this is the check for you to go out and use it for fuel, use it to buy a car, use it to buy a motorcycle and go and be able to preach. No check, nothing has ever come in that form for us or for me to be able and do that kind of ministry. And no church planter in this movement has ever been able to receive any check from any organization or any church apart from what the Lord has used through 316 South. Uh, Pastor Daniel, it's such a joy. This is what God has raised our ministry to do, to come alongside, to be a blessing. The Lord has blessed us to be a blessing, and we're just blessed by you. Hearing your passion, Pastor Daniel, Jesus again saying, I will build my church, and you're God's servant. God has you there. And what a joy to travel with you and to see what beautiful things God is doing in these 60 churches that are established, but then they're out planning all of these other churches throughout Uganda, and they're at different stages, you know, the house church movement. Uh, And so I, I just praise the Lord for you. Um, what I think we're going to do is we're going to wrap up this session. I want to do another session with you on something that's tangential to this and just talk about the projects as well. That'll be uh, that we could help support you with things like Bibles, motorcycles, and some other things that I think are greatly needed by you guys as well. But Pastor Daniel, on behalf of all of us, thank you for giving this window of understanding into the life of a church planner. I, I know we didn't take in everything, but we've heard enough to just uh, realize how special these servants of God are. And uh, we're praying for all of you and the ministry that's ongoing in Uganda. And just thank you for this special time we've been able to share together. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Thank you, Mama Tracy. Wow, church planners are incredible people, aren't they? Their commitment, sacrifice, and dedication to bring the gospel is so inspiring. 360 Serve exists for one primary purpose, and that's to support thousands of these indigenous church planners to reach, watch this, millions for Christ and fulfillment of the Great Commission. Did you know that we have hundreds of profiles of church planners who are just waiting to be supported? They're praying to be supported. Is God speaking to you right now? Here's your action step of the day. If you haven't already done so, why not support an indigenous church planner today? You can do it in five minutes. Go to 360serve.org, support a church planner for $50 per month from a country where you feel led, where God is speaking to you about. We will then mail to you the profile of the church planner you'll be supporting. That profile will give you their picture, their testimony, and some key ways that you can pray for your church planner. By the way, 100% of what you give goes to the church planner you are supporting. You say, how can that be? Well, vision-driven Christians believe in 360 Serve so strongly, they underwrite all of the administrative costs, so 100% of what you give goes. I don't know of a greater eternal investment than to support an indigenous church planner to bring the good news of Jesus to the least reached in our world today. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to thank so many of you who have shared with me how you're enjoying these podcasts. Thanks for the encouragement. If that's you, by the way, if you're blessed by what you're hearing, don't keep the blessing just to yourself. Pass on the blessing. Share this podcast with a friend. 
See you next episode as Pastor Daniel will introduce us to several strategic projects that God is using to reach so many people in Uganda for Christ. Until then, may the Lord bless you.